0: All right, last week we talked about motivation. If you did not listen to the episode on motivation, definitely go back and listen to the episode on motivation because it's going to kind of lead into today's episode on demotivation. So just a a super quick recap. Motivation is dependent on states. It's dependent on environment, environmental stimuli, genes, all these factors that depend, that, that motivation is dependent upon. And we can influence that motivation by how we present something or how we offer something or how we do do it. So the biggest thing was making sure that we're not giving too many steps or too many directions or too many things in one instance, because our brains can only hold so much, especially especially the working memory for young kids. We talked about seven items, give or take two to three as an adult. So younger child, much less, maybe one to two. We talked about one of the most important things is state dependent. Kids will listen better, learn better, be more motivated to complete a task if they are in the right state. So check in with their state and then work on helping them to change their state or work with a whole group of like a class and change the whole state by if energy is low, do something to bring it up. If energy is up, do something to bring it lower. So opposites, getting kids in the right state. Helping them to find importance in what they're doing, giving them some autonomy, and really just giving up the, some of the control to them so they understand why we're doing these things, why they're important, why it matters. And if you can't come up with the reason why it matters that you're asking them to do something, then maybe it's not important that they do. And it's not shocking maybe that they don't have motivation if you don't even know why you're asking them to do it. Okay. So demotivation, obviously the opposite of motivation. What is it that demotivates students? What is it that we can do in response? So common sources of demotivation. Lack of positive relationships. We talked about this in the motivation episode. If someone is giving someone a directive or a task and they don't have a good relationship, they don't respect the person, they're far less likely to want to do it or to do it well. So when we build relationships, we are more likely to get motivation. So kids will be demotivated if they don't have a good relationship with you. There could be some level of learned helplessness that could be genetic, that could be environmental, it could be their home life. So they may not feel that they can actually do something. And I say this a lot to, to different people. When a child is overwhelmed or their brain is overwhelmed and they don't know it and they can't say it, they might say they can't do something even though we've known them to do it in the past. In that moment, they may really feel like they do not have the capacity To do that thing. Even though they've done it in the past, they might today not feel like they can do it because their brains are too overwhelmed with whatever's currently going on in their lives, to learned helplessness. Even the awareness of, or possibly even disrespect of a culture, ethnicity, racism, all of those things can impact a child's ability to want to listen, want to learn, want to pay attention, want to do the thing. Even though we use threats a lot, they do not work. And they actually demotivate students. It actually takes energy away from wanting to do the task by being forced to do it. And we lose control. We lose energy. We lose motivation. So even if it's a perceived threat, and I hear this daily in schools, things that people say that they don't think are threatening, but they are. Let me give you an example of like a primary school. You can put it away or I'm going to put it away. Well, if they want to play with the thing and you're threatening to take it away and put it away yourself, even if that wasn't an intentional threat, it's it's a perceived threat or it is a threat to them. So being really mindful of not using threats and really not using bribes either. We talked about this in the last episode, more of an extrinsic thing. We want to work more on the intrinsic motivation components After trying all the intrinsic things, you could throw in a potential, I wouldn't wouldn't even call it a bribe. I'd call it a reward for getting something done. So, um, but trying to keep that to a, a really, a minimal, minimum and last resort. Other things that can cause demotivation is just brain capacity some students take longer to process some students don't have as many don't have as much access to memory systems or pulling memories out or different parts of the brain due to lots of things exposure to drugs birth trauma stress home life just genetic makeup so a lot of those things can affect their motivation obviously for older students for adults drug use That's going to impair their ability to be motivated. The food they intake is going to impact motivation because it's going to impact energy levels. If you don't have a lot of energy, you have less motivation. Stress is an obvious one. High stress is going to take away energy that's going to cause demotivation. And one of the biggest ones in school systems is that directions, class assignments, tasks, they're irrelevant, they have no purpose. We talked about that in the last episode too, must find purpose, must give up control. So in this list of things that could be demotivating, some of them we can influence, some we can't. If a child has like a brain anomaly, we can't can't really influence that too much. We can integrate some teaching tools and techniques that help kids to remember based on what we know about the brain, but we can't change their their diagnosis, disease, disorder, disability um, if it is something that is more genetic. We also don't have control over whether or not older kids use drugs or alcohol or, you know, people's stress levels or even young kids' stress levels. We can't, we can influence it. We can't change it completely. So what can we do? Well, here's an example for kids in maybe middle school, high school. When you have students do a task, read a chapter something where it's a larger chunk of information. Insist or have them stop after each page or after each section and take some notes or talk about it or draw it out or reflect on it or act it out. It is some of these different activities, especially if engaged with partners or in a social setting, that help students to kind of map out this content in their mind and store it in their memory systems. So here's a great example of this. When I speak at conferences and I I have lots of talking points and I can't have notes in front of me, I can't keep all of that information. Like if I have 12 points, I can't keep all that information in my brain at one time. I mean, if I rehearse it over and over and over again, which I do, I, I might be more likely, but there's still a good chance I might forget one of the points or multiple. So what I do is much like stopping after each page or acting it out, is I visualize a room. Like Let's say I visualize my living room. I start to left. I pick something, like a lamp or a door or something, and that's point number one. And then I move slightly to the right, and I pick the next thing in the room, um, a chair. And then maybe the next thing is a mirror. And I pick 12 different things in that room, and they kind of go in sequential order across the room from left to right. And I Put a talking point connected to each one of those things so that when I'm in the conference and I'm speaking, I visualize the room. I start at the left. I start with the first item I chose because I know what the room looks like. I'm familiar with it. And I talk about each point based on the location of those items in the room and how I connected them to my talking points. So just an example of something that will help combat demotivation and help to retain. If you are doing a lot of talking or a lot of requesting Give students a few minutes to pair up, to reteach, to work together. If you're if you're giving a task or something that you it's like a direction, allow students again to to work together, to pair up, to to support each other because it only builds relationships, but it builds motivation. Other things, uh, allowing students to review other students' work instead of the like adult always reviewing the students' work. Learning stations where they can interact and and work together, or like older kids, a lab setting. Grouping, regrouping, chance to change groups, partners, chances to change partners, doing some of this work outside or going outside for breaks, trading rooms or going to a different space in the school, allowing students to sit and work in different ways where they sit, they stand, they kneel, they lay, whatever it is, even that can change their ability to be motivated. And then there are lots of teaching strategies that we can incorporate that will help kids to respond better, to listen, to retain. They're all based on the brain, but that is something I'm going to save for another episode because that is too much to cover today. Way too much to cover today. Wowza. Okay. But I will, I will give you a snippet of that. <laughs> Wordplay It's just one example of a brain-based technique that will help students to listen, follow directions, learn. So think rhymes, visualizations, mnemonics, even musical things. If we can give directions, it's much like my room example. That's the visualization. I visualize the room. Those things help us to retain and follow directions or follow multi-step directions. So if we can tie them to different things in the room, different parts of the body, mnemonics, rhymes, visualizations, and again, even music, Parts of songs can really help kids to retain information. So those are just a few things that you could do that are brain-based techniques. And last but not least, when you are teaching concepts or asking kids to do multiple things, uh, repeat those key ideas within 10 minutes. If it's younger kids, within five minutes or within three minutes of the original explanation, the original ask and then again, if, it's, if we're talking about learning, 48 hours later, and then again, seven days later. Why? Because when remembering and learning is spaced out with these positive intervals in-betweens with some reflection, that helps to put something into long-term memory. So repeat it again shortly after, 48 hours after, seven days after. And you can even come back to it months later, but that really helps to solidify the memory and get kids much more motivated. Okay. That takes us to today's listener question, which is I sometimes struggle with my child following through on my requests to do things like clean up after themselves, tend studies, etc. What do I do? Funny, this really relates to motivation. So go back and listen to that motivation episode and even some of the stuff I shared here at the end, what will get the student to be or the child to be motivated to clean up after themselves, to do their studies? Do they know the importance? Do they have the autonomy or are they being forced or bribed or threatened to do those things? Also, if they're not listening to you, can they hear you? We give kids directions a lot when they're not looking at us, when they're not facing us, when they're doing something else and we can't multitask. We can task switch or we switch between things, but our brain can't do two cognitively demanding things at one time. So if they're engaged with something and we give them a direction, they're not going to probably fully hear us. So check for understanding, check they heard you, check for clarity, have them look at you, get down to their level. And then if they still don't follow through after you know they have heard the direction and you've put that motivation behind it, state how you feel, state your strong feelings. It really frustrates me when I feel frustrated, when it bothers me, when, and that will build the relationship and and kind of share how the relationship is being slightly disrupted by the non-listening and that might not in, immediately cause a behavior change but it will after time to settle in to process reflect later uh, cause behavior change because if it's someone we love someone we have a close relationship with if we tell them that we're feeling a negative way about their behavior the way that they're doing something or not doing something it's basically stating how there's a disruption to the relationship and because we're social beings, we want to be connected. We don't want to disrupt relationships. If we are disrupting relationships there's something deeper under there, a bigger need, and it's not a conscious choice on their end. So state how you feel okay to wrap up the show i'm going to share with you our try at home tip which is get out into nature every single day why nature has this beautiful way of balancing us and we are a society that lives in a state of anxiety or depression or just non-presence and nature brings you the present nature is such a beautiful balancing mechanism so get outside in nature and if you can't bring nature into you plants just touch or feel rocks Go for a walk, whatever you can possibly do to give yourself a small sense of nature if you can't truly get out into big and beautiful nature every day. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Don't forget, remember to access a try at home tip and get out into nature every day. If you're looking for more support in the areas of stress, trauma, behavior, or the brain, I'd love to be a part of that journey with you. The Behavior Hub offers a range of supports from coaching to online courses, to group training programs, to university credit from the University of Pennsylvania behind our trauma and behavior courses. If you want to learn more about any of this, pop onto the website, shoot me an email, or you can even send me a text, 717-693-7744. And if you would like me to answer one of your questions on a future show or episode, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmayer. Thanks for joining me.